Hey there, friends. Just wanted to start this uh, this episode out by saying I do apologize that it is a little bit shorter than my normal podcast episodes. This is because last Friday, not last Friday, the Friday prior, uh, was my April 1st video, which was a joke video on my YouTube channel, uh, As the Raven Dreams. And as such, uh, I didn't have two videos to put into this podcast episode like normal. So this is just the paranormal stories from this week. Next week's episode will be back to the normal length and so forth and so on. Uh, hopefully you all enjoy these terrifying paranormal stories from Reddit and subscribers. Really good stuff in this one. Creepy stories for sure. And I haven't done a paranormal stories episode for quite a long time, since December actually. So again, I hope you all enjoy. I hope you're all having a beautiful day, and I hope I see you on the next one. And of course, until then, my friends, sleep well. So, two Halloweens ago, I did something kind of dumb. Let me start at the beginning. I started working at a small local pizza shop in my hometown. After a few days, I became really good work friends with the early morning housekeeper for the bar next door. They actually owned the pizza shop. She was really cool and dark, very mysterious. Along with her, I made friends with some of the cooks. One cook and I started hanging out almost every weekend. Eventually, the housekeeper became comfortable with us coming over. Now, I was not expecting what I walked into. Her house was like the party store threw up Halloween and horror into her house. She had many odd collections. Stones, dead flowers, herbs, and many, many books on witches and black magic. Her prized possession was a real human skull that she got off of a crackhead many, many years prior. Needless to say, it took some warming up to get used to her house. Though spooky, it was still very much inviting. Cuts to Halloween of 2020, and it's a full moon. Halloween was my friend's only holiday that she ever celebrated, so we went big. By this time, the cook we'd made friends with had absolutely become insufferable to be around, so we hatched an idea to scare the absolute piss out of him. The plan? My friend and her daughter and I sat down to talk about what we wanted to do. I mentioned how it was a full moon, so how about we go to the oldest cemetery near us at midnight and just do some EVPs and stuff? They said absolutely. Now, I'll just name my lady friend T. T was very in to black magic. She wanted to take her witch's bell and open a portal. I didn't really believe her, but I went with it. Her daughter chimed in with the brilliant idea to construct a mock Debic box, and when we got there, she would smash it on the ground and start acting up to scare the cook off. We should have known better. Well... I should have. Halloween night. We were a bit late getting out the door, but at about 11.30 that night, we left T's place. The cook drove, and I sat shotgun. T 
Tea and her daughter were in the back. Her daughter with the Divic box in hand. We had told him she ordered it offline. T did an amazing job making it look absolutely authentic. So, as we drove, we didn't think much about the box. I'd brought my EVP recorder and EMF detector with us. I set the EMF detector in the door as we drove and had it off. All of a sudden, T's daughter giggled and shook the mock Divic box. And, out of nowhere my EMF reader starts to sound off and beep. It wasn't on. We all went silent and the whole mood shifted. We got to the cemetery and all kind of nervously got out of the car. The whole area was glowing, the leaves glistening in the moonlight, and the tombstones were almost ethereal with the glow from the granite reflecting the moon. Clear skies and all alone we slowly made our way to the back part of the cemetery. It was so beyond silent out there. We find a good spot, and T says, okay, everyone sit in a circle. She then opens a container and pours her sacred salt mix around us and warns us not to leave for any reason until we are done. At this point, I'm ready to go home. The cook looks terrified. I'm absolutely dreading the feeling in the air, so we all sit. T puts the box in the middle of us and puts both the EMF and EVP recorder next to it. Her daughter starts playing a spirit box app, and the sound that came out of it silenced us. Let me out, it said. Then, the EMF went nuts. Suddenly, I got that gut-sinking feeling that I wasn't alone with them anymore and we were in serious trouble. Silence falls over us, and we all kind of just stare at each other. Now, me, T, and her daughter had not at all planned on this box actually being real, but somehow, she had managed to catch some entity inside. Then, like we were snapped from a trance... We realized that there was walking coming from the woods inches from us. We can clearly see that no one is there. I closed my eyes and grabbed T's hand and said, Okay, I'm officially scared. What do we do? She said it's fine and that ghosts weren't real. I said, You and I both know that's a lie. As I said that, the cook stands up and says, Yo, guys, I think we really need to get the heck out of here. I can hear people all around us. At this point, he kicks the salt circle open and starts walking to the car. T's daughter smashes the box and says, Screw it, let's go. So, we all frantically follow. When us girls got home, we knew that we had messed up. We didn't close the door that we opened. We actually caught something in this box. We might have let it out there on accident. All I know is, since then, none of us four have been right. I never feel like I'm alone. And if I'm working alone, I always have to double-check that I'm really alone. I've always believed in the paranormal, but now I'm a firm believer in black magic and witchcraft. Thoughts, opinions, or advice. Shortly after this, 
we all had a falling out, and we no longer speak to each other. Hi, everyone. I've always been fascinated by the paranormal and the unknown. Just last night, while recounting past family holidays, I'd been reminded by my sister of a pretty unexplained event that she had experienced. Taking place back in 2018, me and my family took a small trip to Weymouth, a seaside town in Dorset, UK. We were staying in a very old cottage at the top of a cliff on a popular hiking trail, but it was in the pretty much middle of nowhere, about a mile from any other building surrounded by trees and wooded areas near a quiet beach. The cottage itself was super dated inside and gave off a bit of an eerie vibe, but I put that down to the old decor with large wooden bolted doors Stone floors with an old piano straight from a church. We stayed for a week and nothing really spooky had happened over this time. However, on the final night, my sister who was 16 at the time was sleeping downstairs in the living room by herself and had an experience that none of us can explain. To set the scene... The layout had me and my partner upstairs opposite to my parents' bedroom. The stairs being incredibly old and loud, so you could hear every single step. Then, my older sister and her partner were staying in a room on the other side of the cottage, nowhere near the front room. From what she described, she was sitting up Snapchatting her boyfriend all night, and then around 3am, she swears that Suddenly, the door began to shake as if someone was trying to get in, but obviously couldn't, due to it being bolted. This happened for approximately 30 seconds to a minute with the door shaking so much that the wall also began to shake. During which, she called out for our mom and dad, thinking it was either of them checking to see if she was okay and asleep. However, when she called out... No one replied. She then didn't hear anything, no footsteps nor any sound. This is where she, for some reason, decided to go and check. She went through to the other section of the cottage to see if it was our older sister or her partner, but they were fast asleep. And if it was, by the time she left the room, she probably would have seen them walking back. She then checked upstairs, which, again, everyone was fast asleep. All she said was the rooms had become even colder than they already were, and the house was eerily silent. She went back to her room and, from what she said, locked the doors again and managed to get some sleep. The next morning came, and she mentioned it to me before saying anything to any of the family as she knew that I would be intrigued and would take less convincing over the others. But when she decided to talk about it at breakfast just to see if anyone came down the stairs, everyone had stayed in bed. Me, personally, and my partner are very heavy sleepers, as is my dad, 
and we know that we didn't get up for the toilet or anything, especially being the toilet was on the other side of the cottage, where my older sister was, meaning we would have to walk through a dark and eerie hallway to get there, which didn't really appeal to us. When discussing, my mom, who is also a believer in the supernatural and has claimed many experiences, went a bit pale and looked spooked. When asked, she said that she woke up but didn't know the time as she felt the pressure at the end of her bed next to her foot. When looking up, she could see a shadow at the end of the bed sitting down. She said she looked next to her as she thought it was my dad, but he was right there, fast asleep. Thinking it was just as she was still tired, she went back to sleep at this point, but she heard my sister open the door and walk up the stairs just as she was drifting off. Though there may be an explanation, I can't think of any. Having covered most things from sleepwalking to just being a family member, my sister, who was adamant that she experienced it, having the text to her boyfriend, as it was going to prove that it wasn't a dream, as well as my mom also having experiences. Overall, to me, it was pretty spooky. Something else that me and my partner also found pretty odd, when packing to leave, as we were doing the last check before leaving, in the back rooms where my older sister and her partner were staying, there were a lot of crosses hanging up, as well as one in the bathroom that we never noticed which was hanging upside down. Sometime after I turned five years old, I had my first, and quite honestly, my only ever experience with sleep paralysis. It started off as a normal night. My half-siblings were all at their parents' house, and so it was just myself and my parents in the house. We spent the evening watching TV until I eventually fell asleep and my mom carried me off to bed. To set the scene, I slept in a bunk bed at the time on the bottom mattress, which was opposite of my bedroom door, but faced the wall that the door was on. My parents always left the door open so that they could occasionally check on me, and so the light from the living room TV would shine down the hallway and bounce off of said door, acting as a nightlight. From where I slept, I could see down the hallway slightly into my parents' room. As I fell into a deeper sleep, I began to dream. In that dream, I woke up right where I was, laying under my blankets and staring up at the ceiling slash the top bunk. Thinking I just woke myself up, I thought nothing of it, and I attempted to roll over to drift back off to sleep. The problem was, I soon realized that I could not roll over. I tried wiggling my toes, then my fingers, and then moving my head around without success. The only functions I could seem to perform were moving my eyes around and breathing. Not even making a sound was possible, as I attempted to whisper at first and then call for my mom. I wasn't scared 
more so confused as to what was happening. After 30 seconds or so, however, I felt an uneasy sense wash over me. I was drawn to checking my surroundings, feeling like someone was in my room just outside of my vision. I stared at the foot of my bed for a few seconds, but nothing was there. I looked at the side of the bed closet to the wall, expecting a hand to reach out and grab me, but nothing. Searching the corners of the room, my eyes latched on to something in the doorway. Barely visible, a humanoid form stood in my doorway. The form's composition I can only describe as being made of the heat waves that you see bouncing off of asphalt on a hot summer's day. Dumbfounded, I was forced to sit and stare at the form, because, well, what else could I do in my own body's prison? Seconds feel like hours of this, from standing and staring until finally the form turns and walks to my parents' bedroom. Immediately worried about what I just saw, I tried to wake myself, vigorously blinking my eyes and repeating wake up, wake up, wake up in my mind until I finally had actually woken up. After gaining my composure, I felt like it was safe enough to turn over and go back to sleep. Wrong. Just as in my dream, I found that my body was incapable of moving. I followed as I did in my dream, first attempting to wiggle my toes, then my fingers, then my head, feeling that wash of dread ooze over me when I couldn't make any noises either. I checked the spots in the room that I originally did and didn't find anything. At this point, I remembered that the form had walked into my parents' room and realized they may be in danger when they go to bed later. Struggling to break free from my paralysis, I tried my hardest to move anything that I could, and to yell. Sensations slowly returned to my body, and a faint whisper is all I could speak until, all at once, I was able to move and yell. Screaming and crying, not understanding what I needed to do, I flailed in my bed. My mom quickly ran into the room to calm me down as I frantically told her there was something in my room and that I saw it move into her room. She attempted to reassure me that it was just a nightmare and that nothing had happened, and she picked me up. I buried my head into her shoulder and sobbed uncontrollably. As we shuffled down the hallway, I felt the sense of dread hit me again and was compelled to pick my head up. As I stared down the expanding hallway, from the TV lights shining down the hallway, I saw my mom's shadow. Staring at her shadow, another shadow detached itself from the shoulder, and it waved at me like it was taunting me. I buried my head back into her shoulder and cried myself to sleep that night. I never spoke about this to anyone until I reached 17 or 18 years old. Although my family always made fun of me for how spooked I always was about the hallway, even in broad daylight. Even then, it was only to a few close friends. I recently brought it up to my family, 
When speaking to my stepmom and now ex-sister-in-law about it, they listened intently, thinking that it was strange as my stepbrother and nephew always felt uncomfortable when around that hallway. Today, my dad and stepmom still live in that house, and the hallway doesn't affect me like it used to, but the memories of that night feel like they're burned into my memories forever. This story didn't happen last night, but a dream I had reminded me of a pair of sleep paralysis-filled nights a few years ago back when I was around 23. At the time, I had my own apartment and had no sort of weird or eerie experiences there. One random night, however, I fell asleep and soon after woke up to my body feeling like a heavy weight was adhering me to my bed. Because of my first sleep paralysis encounter when I was five, I learned to never fall asleep with the bedroom door open. Although, during this instance, when I looked around the room, I could see that the door was cracked open. I know for certain that I had closed it. As I stared at the door, my eyes started to play tricks on me. From the door... My room looked to be slowly rotting, like the paint and pieces of the wall were slowly curling away and falling off. Eventually, it began to look like flesh in my very dimly lit room. Accompanying the rot was this very low humming, almost chant-like, very quiet. I almost didn't hear it, but as my room's walls morphed and unfurled, I began to hear more voices making this low humming sound in unison. Once the transformation of my room finished, my eyes darted towards my door as I heard it creak open slightly. This scared me enough to make me forcefully close my eyes, and when I opened them back up, everything looked back to normal again, and I was able to safely drift back to sleep. I thought that was a freaky dream and shared it with my friends the next day, relieved that it was over. Exactly one week later, however, it began again. When I awoke this time, there was a girl in a white dress sitting on the right side of the bed with her back to me. Think of the ring, except her hair and clothes were more well taken care of. Disturbed enough from the girl... I was distracted from my door slowly opening again. But, in this case, it actually was opening fully. Noticing this movement, my eyes quickly moved to watch what monstrosity may spill into the room. The same happened as what had happened in the weeks before. The walls rotting away and the new choir-sounding harmonization of hums. In the doorway... I could make out a humanoid figure that looked exactly like the figure I had seen back when I was five. It slowly shifted towards my bed, with the humming growing louder following it. Shivering in my sheets, still unable to scream, squeal, squeak, or speak, I was forced to watch this near-invisible entity approach me. 
the form, or what I could make out of it, stood over me, and I observed its hand approach its face, which resulted in the humming immediately seizing and turning into a group of I tried closing and opening my eyes again, which resulted in everything going back to normal just as the week prior. I didn't get much sleep for the next few nights following that. I've always believed in paranormal activity to some extent growing up, ghosts and demons, but I never believed in curses. I always thought you had to be dead to deal with the supernatural. I was abused regularly as a child, and I remember always wanting to know when it would happen next, but I never told anyone, mostly because I thought they would kill me and I wanted to know before. On this particular night, I was locked in the garage. I was so tired since I had to stay up for days, but I was without food, so I did my normal routine and snuck out to find food. I often ate bugs. I know, I know, judge me all you want, but they kept me from being hungry. When I went to pick up this specific bug to eat it, it bit me. So I let it go and went back inside as I'd already eaten a bit, and luckily found a sandwich that was trashed. When I got back in, I remember being instantly tired and laying down on the ground, falling asleep. I was no more than six, but I remember this vividly, that I had woken up but couldn't move, and a voice spoke to me. It was a simple question. Do you want help? I wasn't sure what it meant and couldn't move, but the thing approached me. It stood over me and asked again. It asked if I was hungry and why I wasn't loved. I didn't know. I stayed in this dream-like state for a while as the creature asked me questions. After a while, I felt myself waking up and it asked me again if I wanted help. It asked me if I wanted to prevent it. So I said yes. When I fully woke up, I was starving, which was odd. After a while, I thought I dreamt it, and when I checked my hand for the bug bite, I didn't have one, so I assumed I dreamt it up and never actually ate that night. A couple of days went by before I was locked without food again, and went to eat bugs, dig through the trash, etc. After I ate a certain bug, I knew something was wrong. It just didn't taste good, and it had a ton of liquid in it. I ignored it until I finished my dinner and went back inside, then lived my normal life. Suddenly, when things happened, I had deja vu. I didn't know what it was at the time, but as time flew by, I discovered it. And I'd always think of that dream that I had. The abuse never stopped, though, not until many years later. There were times that I should have died, but I got by just fine. I didn't have to eat bugs much longer, though. I was eating leftovers, or my siblings snuck me food. Fast forward, I recently got into a car crash. 
and right before, for whatever reason, I leaned to the other side of the car and got a huge sense of deja vu. I knew exactly how it went. I, word for word, remembered everything the doctor said to me. The car that hit us, the food I got after. In the short while I was unconscious, that same figure visited me. He said the deal was made and he left. If I hadn't moved, I would have been blinded by the glass, and my leg would have got jammed by the car. Ever since that, I haven't had any deja vu and feel like a piece of me is missing. Honestly, I'm not sure what the figure got out of it, but I'm sure that that was what saved me. I've wanted to find it again, but I'm sure it wouldn't have left if it hadn't gotten what it wanted. I've tried looking into it, but I keep getting that it was just a dream, and you had a lucky break, or thank God. But I feel like it was something more. So, I'm going to start by saying that we live in a pretty rural area of Virginia when this took place. And it was about a year ago. It shook me to my core. Me and my family were talking in the kitchen when my brother gets a call from a friend and says that he has to leave. I'll call this friend James, it's not his real name. Anyways... My brother was going to purchase some green from him for my sister, so he got in his car and they left. Maybe about 30 minutes or so later, my sister looks out the window in our kitchen and tells us that someone is on the deck smoking. My mother looks and says the same thing. I looked and it looked like James was on the deck. My father, who's pretty annoyed at this time, tells me to call my brother and tell his friend to get the hell off the deck. The phone call goes like this. Me. Bro, Papa's pissed. Get your friend off the deck or he's gonna flip out and hurt him. My brother. We aren't at the house. We're almost out of the neighborhood. No one should be there. My heart sinks to my ass. And I keep telling him. Bro, Poppy's getting more mad. He's gonna hurt him. Stop messing around. He again says he's not there, and to call the cops. Now, my dad is pissed because I told him his friend wasn't out there. Meanwhile, my sister and mom are both staring out the window and can see him pacing back and forth. My dad is already high heart rate because he doesn't like being messed with, so he goes to the garage to get a bat and I call the police begging him not to go outside. I've heard too many instances where people try to fight people only to be shot or something, and I didn't want him to get hurt. I'm on the phone with police having a full-blown panic attack. My mom and sister are both yelling with my dad. When my dad opens the door and goes flying out with the bat in his hand, and there's nothing. Nobody's out there. We have motion sensor lights and a camera on the deck that also records once it detected motion. And nothing was there. My brother came home a few minutes later and was genuinely confused. I remember when we realized nothing was there. 
I was still on the phone with the police and told the dispatch lady that nothing was there. I felt so dumb for overreacting, but we all genuinely saw something. Anyway, they still sent an officer to check the area, and there wasn't any sign of someone being there. We all felt pretty stupid. This kid was platinum blonde, and all of us have brown hair, so it couldn't have been our reflection. We still don't have a rational explanation, and just assume that we all imagined someone there. It still freaks me out to this day thinking about it. As promised, a few of my true stories. So, when I had just learned to talk, under three years old, I was living with my mom and my grandparents. I used to play in the back living room on the floor, and would constantly ask my grandparents who the people were under the floor. My granddad was sensitive and said that I took after him, so... One day, they had to temporarily move out of the house whilst repairs were being carried out. My granddad paid the workmen to dig six foot down into the back room. Puzzled, they looked at him but started digging. They only got a couple of feet down, though, and gave in. So, later on, my dad is searching the area, and apparently the entire area the houses were built on was at one time, a huge cemetery. And before they built the houses, they were supposed to have exhumed the bodies and put them all together in a giant pit to this day that has a monument over it. What are the chances they actually exhumed them all? Around the same time, I would apparently come out with all kinds, like, when I'm grown, I'm going to go to university, and I said I would live with my granddad again which was weird because I was living with him. Well, I did grow, obviously, but I left school with no qualifications to speak of, and I got a job looking after people in a care home, which led me into doing a few NVQ qualifications, and later they helped me get into university to do my nurse training. As for moving back in with my granddad, that happened too. My mom married a horrible man when I was five or six, and moved me out of my grandparents. My nana died when I was around seven or eight, and later on, I did go back to live with my granddad. My granddad, by this point, was 70, but healthy enough that he had a caravan, and would go stay at the van during the summer and walked quite a lot. One time, I had a very vivid dream. My granddad died in it. I woke up crying and went downstairs. Instantly, my granddad knew something was wrong. I told him I just had a bad dream, and he said, You dreamed that I died, didn't you? I said no, not wanting to upset him, and I made up something else. Two weeks later, there was a very sudden heart attack, and my granddad died. I then dreamed of this beautiful house. It had red carpet and was everything I ever dreamed my home would be. So, after starting to work in that care home, I happened to be walking past an estate agent one day, 
and was looking in the window. Something was telling me to go in and just inquire if I could have a mortgage. So following my intuition, I did. I was amazed that they said I could have one as I was on minimum wage. I told them about having lived with my granddad, etc., and they seemed to like me. I told them the area that I wanted to live in, and they said they would be in touch. I looked at a few houses in that area, but this day I get a phone call telling me they have a house to just come on the market. It's not in the area I wanted, but if interested, they would arrange a viewing for the next day. I was awful at getting up early. I had an old chiming clock on my wall which had not chimed since I bought it. The morning I had to get up to view that house, the clock chimed and chimed. When I went to see the house, I realized the cemetery my nana and granddad were buried in was a stone's throw away. And as soon as I walked into that house, I knew it was mine. It was the exact same house from my dream. I do believe my granddad had helped me in more ways than one for me to get that home. I have lots and lots more true stories. I'll send them when I'm in the mood to type them up. I have a story to share that I've had returned to me in memory from multiple stories that I've heard on your YouTube channel. For my story too, it happened many years ago in my life, and back when I was 11 years old. I was visiting with a school-time friend that I knew by the name of Lucy, and she invited me to go with her to her Aunt Claudia's place in France for a while, and during the upcoming winter break we had scheduled from school at the time. I told her I would love to, especially since my own family members were to be busy with work and other activities then. Three weeks later, after the conversation took place, about our winter break plans, I was getting ready to go out with Lucy and her family. After I got finished, we all headed out to their house in France, by the way of taxi, and then a boat ride from a fisherman they knew up north who were from France. It took several hours to arrive in France, but we arrived and then took a rental car to their place. Once we got to the house, I noticed it was a large farmhouse type of place, and that there were several homes on the property, including some that were on the south side of it, and were tucked in behind a fence and a small forest. I asked Lucy about what I was seeing, and she said that all the property, including the houses, were built up by her great-grandfather and other male family members throughout the years, except for the property located in the forest area. That one, she said, belonged to the neighbors that her family members knew, and it was locked up and hidden away like it was to prevent their large dogs from getting loose. After hearing this, I said we should go inside and to finish getting unpacked. She agreed, so we did. Then, two weeks later on, after we arrived and settled, her aunt came home from work and helped us get ready for dinner. We had dinner while watching movies and then headed upstairs to get ready for bed. 
As we were making our way past the second floor window that looked out to all the property, including the neighbor's area, I spotted a weird shadow figure darting in and out of the trees near the house that belonged to the neighbors. I told Lucy this, and she went up to the window to look out to see if she could find what I saw. She said that she could, and didn't recognize it as anything she knew, and told me that it looked to her like a tall bear. She also asked me to join her at the window to get a look at this bear-like shadow. I agreed, and proceeded to walk over to join her. We both watched the shadow figure move around the house of the neighbors continuously, until it disappeared from view. We both thought it was a weird occurrence and said that we would talk to her aunt about it in the morning, after breakfast time. We then went to our given bedrooms, brushed our teeth, and went to bed. The next day, we talked with her aunt about the sighting from the night before. The aunt said that she thought it was a weird one too, and didn't know of anything that might have caused it. Except for one thing that she thought was a far stretch and was all she knew from stories passed down through many generations of family members and the locals who told it to the family people. The old story, she said, took place in 1886, and it happened to a gypsy-style couple of friends of theirs that they knew through a circus they owned together, and that they had on the property. Before the time that the property land areas were bought by her grandfather, and other local people in 1943. As the tale further states, she said, the circus people had a pet bear that they owned and took care of. The bear too, as was told by the circus folks, and others through the years went missing one day in the forest and never returned. The circus people went looking for it, and they found that it had gotten trapped in an ice cave and had sadly passed away while trying to escape the cave. They went on to bury it, and then pack up their belongings and move to their original home back in Russia. The aunt further stated that some people believe the mysterious bear-like shadow is the circus bear looking for its former owners, even while being in the afterlife. Then, after this event took place, Lucy and her aunt Claudia and other family members finished our vacation, and then returned to our daily life, including schoolwork and other routine things. Lucy, then in the sixth grade, told me that she was to move back to France to go to school for junior high and high school, and that she hopes I have a good rest of life myself, and to look her up if I ever end up in France again. Starting off, I normally worked armed security and deal with crazy things on regular duty. But, occasionally, senior officers get scheduled for extra duty shifts at a wedding-slash-reception hall in Black Forest, Colorado. And these shifts are mind-numbing. Uninformed, yet unarmed except for our search gloves, essentially... Bouncers with badges, as one coworker calls it. Primarily, we're there for the business's liquor license, making sure no drinks are going in or out the door. Recently, 
I was sent there last minute to cover another officer who had called in. Upon arrival, I noticed it was a large Hispanic wedding party, much larger than most events I've worked at this place. I checked in at the bar and then returned to the front door to post up. After the wedding ceremony wraps up and guests were roaming about, waiting for the reception to start, I start getting asked the standard questions at these types of shifts. After 30 or so minutes, the guests fill the reception hall and the wedding party prepares to enter for the reception, with the bride and groom standing closest to me. Usually, when the wedding parties are about to make their grand entrances into the receptions, most people don't leave their tables, so I begin listening to videos. Pop a scare if you're wondering. Right as the video that I'm listening to starts the second tale, and the best man and maid of honor are being introduced, the bride screams, Grandmother! I look up sharply to see an older-looking woman's backside, shuffle behind the doors to the chapel. At first, I assumed maybe this was an older woman with a mental disorder, like Alzheimer's or dementia, until the guests start flooding into the main front hallway. The bride runs over and asks, Did you see my grandmother? Sharply, I replied, The lady that walked into the chapel? The bride began to break down crying as her family swarmed back into the chapel. As the reception was put on hold as the bride recovered and fixed her makeup, the wedding planner and I were standing at the door talking. The groom came up and asked again if I saw the woman. Still not putting two and two together, I said yes, and asked why it was such a big deal. The groom started to tell the wedding planner and I that the bride was the youngest granddaughter, and her and her grandmother were very close. The grandmother always exclaimed to the bride that she couldn't leave the earth peacefully until her Rosa del Desierto, Desert Rose, married a good man. Well, the night the couple got engaged, the grandmother passed away. The day of the wedding, the bride was emotionally overwhelmed to start, and she was presented with a locket with her grandmother's ashes. The bridesmaids announced that they were ready to resume the reception, and as they announced the bride and groom for the first time during their entrance, the wedding planner leaned over and whispered, Guess Grandma made the wedding regardless. Okay, so I'm a little freaked out right now, but I'm almost certain that I saw a spirit or ghost last night. Me and my best friend, we're both 21, always go to a house in the countryside in the middle of nowhere. There's literally nothing for miles. It's our drinking house. The house has been in her family for generations upon generations, Many of her great-grandparents, etc., lived and died in that house. Now, it's not got anyone living there. It's still standing, still has water and electricity. We have huge parties there and occasionally go there, just the two of us, 
and have our own mini-parties. There's been multiple weird things that have happened in that house over the course of our parties. One time, I drank too much and passed out at the party. When I woke up in one of the bedrooms at 3am, the party was still going on, I could not find my shoes anywhere. After 30 minutes of drunk searching, I found them up on top of a bookshelf in the corner of the room. No one said that they put them there, and I sure as hell didn't, as I can't even reach that high. The second thing happened last night. It was just me and my friend, casually drinking there. We had some nice music going on the speaker, played some beer pong. It was a fun night. I must have drank too much because I don't remember any of the following. My friend told me this morning that, last night, I claimed to have seen a man follow her up the stairs behind her, and that I wondered what they did together upstairs, and then I questioned her when she came downstairs again. Apparently, I was very insistent on having seen this man follow her and she got scared of what I was saying, so she hid in her bedroom for the rest of the night, and the party was over. I know myself, and I know that if I was blacked out at the time, I wouldn't be saying it as a prank, or to try and scare her, because it's just not how I am when I'm drunk. And now, even thinking about it, it's like I'm getting flashbacks and I'm recalling the part where I saw the man follow her up the stairs. I don't know. I think I'm just freaked out a lot about it. Because we always just get weird vibes in that house. We've never seen anything until last night, and apparently it was only me, but it's just a weird sense that someone is watching you constantly. Is it normal to have ghost sightings when you're drunk? Does it make you more likely to see something? That was today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast. Thank you so very much for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed these scary stories. If you want to support the channel further, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel. Just search as The Raven Dreams on YouTube and subscribing. You can also join the channel or go to the, my Patreon for early access to all of my content. All of it's appreciated and never expected. But if it happens, thank you. All that said, friends, I will see you on the next episode of the As The Raven Dreams podcast. But of course, until then... Sleep well.